All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the S3 Magazine podcast. I am Mike Sanders. That is Jonathan Woolley, dude with the dreads and the creepy rape stash going on. Um, welcome back. Thanks for listening and watching. <laughs> it's been a it's been a long week and a half of not massive news stories, but stuff that's definitely worth talking about. Um, if you want to check them out individually, they are all up on our website and will soon be on our app, which is super exciting. Uh, but let's let's kind of kick it off, man. Wh- which one do you want to start with here? I kind of want to start with NASCAR going electric because I think that's the most ridiculous and probably going to be the one that is going to backfire the most violently. So let's talk about that. Okay, yeah, but first of all, uh, I've been watching uh, Narcos Mexico, which is where the stash is coming from, because I I just kind of realized from watching that that a stash makes you a cooler human being. (laughs) Is it really creepy? I literally just kind of did it. I did it just today, just recently. It would would be a little bit off-putting if you actually shaved everything else and just kept it. But because you got a little bit of a thumb down here, it, it kind of makes it okay. It's almost like a uh, it's almost like a Pirates of the Caribbean thing you got going on. It okay. kind of. I'll t- I'll take that. <laughs> um. Yeah. So NASCAR. Where where do we start? I guess let's just start with the facts. Um, and you can back me up or or whatever if I'm wrong on anything because I can't. I wrote the article, but now it's not in my head because I wrote it a few days ago. Basically, NASCAR is going to do an electric series. What do they call it? Is it the Bush Lights? Is that what they call that kind of intro series? Yeah, the Bush Light series. So I think what they're going to do, just to fully explain, is kind of a demo in California. Imagine that. uh, With these electric cars. And then I think they're going to kind of do little exhibition races um, to kind of lightly introduce it or or whatever. But it's the Gen 7 chassis is going to be able to accept, um, you know, electric propulsion or whatever. So I think that they could be ready to do this as soon as next year. Obviously, they're not going to bring it to the main stage yet, but they'll do like introductory races or things like that. Um, personally, I think it's lame as shit. It doesn't surprise me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, NASCAR, I mean, Jesus, they're complete sellouts. You know what I mean? Like, they're not bashful about their selling out. I do feel like this is crossing a line that's like, whoa, really? Like, you can't. Do you know your audience at all? At all. Like, have you ever been out in your audience? Like, this is not going to work. Um, but, I mean, I, you know, I was laying pine straw out in my yard thinking about this earlier. And I was like, I mean, don't they already race, like, Camrys? I'm not a big NASCAR fan, but it's already freaking ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I've been to NASCAR races, and there's definitely an energy, and it's fun to be there. But NASCAR is ridiculous and stupid. You know what I mean? It's it's fun to go and it's an experience. But like, come on, they're all racing the same car. They have two starts, don't they? Still do that? Like two, st- like a separate start in the middle of the race just to try and get everybody back together to make it more exciting. But that's not a race. That's that's just 
it's WWE. It's, it, you know, like, I just, so, yeah, I mean, it's completely, it's completely ridiculous. I mean, you guys go read the article, because I felt like my article was funny. But, but, it was but pretty, pretty funny. I, I don't want to read my article, because that's going to be awkward as shit. But, you know, I was just like, hey, you know what? These fans needed a break to go get a beer and uh, and call their wives and tell them they're going to be a little bit late and go take a leak. Anyway, this will be the perfect time to do that. Uh, my dad had said, I didn't read this, but he had mentioned that they're going to pump fake sound out of these things, which is just completely castrated. It, if you have to pump fake sound out of your EV, it means that you understand that your EV is whack because it doesn't make sound yeah. and that your answer is just to pump fake sound. That's, that's the definition of nerd. Basically. I mean, I, I see both sides of this, I guess. NASCAR, just like everywhere else has been put in a bad situation by politicians because I'm pretty sure, you know, NASCAR, their whole thing is, is it's stock car, right? So like, they have to use a platform and essentially motor combination of a car that's currently being. No, because it's all the same spec chassis and it's all, I mean, to is my it? knowledge. Yeah. Like the damn Chevy is the same damn car as the Ford is the same damn car as the Chevy. Literally. They just mm -hmm. put different headlight stickers on it. Like it's the stupidest shit. I don't, I mean, the, the only thing that makes sense, I thought you were on track to say is that, they're probably getting pressure from Ford, Chevy, that's you know, uh, because that's where they're redirecting their entire brand. If you're Ford or Chevy, all you, you are doing a complete 90 degree shift to EV. So mm -hmm. that has got to be reflected somehow. You've got to make this cool. And that Barra girl, that's the CEO of GM and Farley, that's the CEO of, of Ford, they're just thinking, well, you know, it'll make it cool. Let's just do the e-racing in NASCAR. This is going to go over like butter. <laughs> I mean, it's just like... NASCAR, it, it's funny because like out of all the forms of racing, you would think NASCAR would be the last one to sell out because it's all about drinking beer and the roar of the V8 and the vibrations of the cars as they fly by on these crazy banked turns. And it's just you would never think that they would go like, like you would think that they would be the ones beating the drums until, you know, they eventually met their death when it came to the EV taking over the world, but it's us doing it instead of them, uh, which is kind of ridiculous. That being said, there, <laughs> there are some times when I can tell that Wooly has had a, a couple of beers in him when he, when he writes an article, that for sure is one of them. <laughs> It's a quick read. I'm looking at it right now. It's literally one paragraph, but it's got some zingers in there. It's funny. <clears throat> Check it out. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, anybody that's ever been to a NASCAR race, imagine being there with no vibration. Even if they pump sound through what? You're going to pump sound out of the cars or are you going to pump sound through the PA speakers? Either way, it's going to sound like shit. And there's not going to be the vibration. You, it, it is, it is completely poser. It is somewhere. If you're going to go EV, go EV and make it like freaking Tron and light these things up with futuristic lights and make them freaking go inverted or something. You know what I mean? Like, be the future. 
Be the future that we all grew up like Hyundai's doing. Be the future that we grow up, grew up waiting for. Mm-hmm. But to just make NASCAR EV and then try and play it off like it's still cool is the biggest freaking fail I've ever seen. The, the mm-hmm. thing is, we are tolerating this. Like the world keeps getting more and more and more stupid and ridiculous it just there's no limit to how stupid this is going to get they're going to do it they're going like Mm -hmm. they're going to do this because you just know when you sit here you go it'd be so stupid it would never happen in this day and age that's exactly what's going to happen it's going to go that way uh nascar sellouts they're gonna you know they're gonna follow the money and and ford and gm we know that they're out of touch if you've been paying attention and you have eyes and you're a car enthusiast, they're out of touch. But instead of backing off on that, they're just going to double and triple down on it and then be like, well, okay, so here's how we're going to make it cool. We're just going to, we're going to, you know, make NASCAR EV. <laughs> we're just going to beat people over the head with this until they forget what cool actually was. And how many laps are these cars going to be able to do <laughs> under full? Somebody made a comment. They were like, before they're done, this is going to be like a 10 lap race. Yeah, somebody made a comment on my post that was like, woohoo, the Daytona 50. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I don't know. It's stupid. It's it's freaking stupid. You know, maybe one day, like I said, be the future that we grew up waiting for, and maybe EV racing could be cool in some capacity. The way that they're doing it now, I'd rather watch drone racing. Literally race drones in the speedway, fly them through lit up neon rings like they do, that's at least somewhat exciting. Mm. But to take epic racing and and try and adapt it to, no. I, I've always said, and I could be wrong on this, but I've always said racing is dead if the internal combustion engine is dead. Um, I might walk that back one day, but it, this is not going to be what makes me walk it back. This is, this is a disaster. It, it's going to be very similar to walking up on a silent disco if you're really really into it you'll be really really into it but everybody else walking by is just gonna be like what the hell is this i want to be the guy in the stands out there taking bets from everybody as to what goes first the tires uh needing more gas or the the batteries dying (laughs) i want to see what happens first i can tell you one thing the fires are going to be awesome When they wreck, the whole place is just going to go, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's going to be done. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's on, on this article, I swear I wasn't drinking, but on this article, I put the Perrier car <laughs> Talladega Nights. I don't know if you caught that. I but, did. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so fitting. It's just, um, this is stupid. Next topic. I, I feel like I have to read it. Plus, such a bold and progressive move from NASCAR will undoubtedly lure in millennials who have never changed a tire or driven a manual transmission and currently have to hold their fingers over their ears to tolerate the noise of the present-day earth-killing machines. It's also been rumored that instead of the national anthem, NASCAR will play Madonna's Like a Virgin (laughs) prior to every E-race. Got (laughs) him! Yeah, yeah. That was a fun one to write. Hey, at least if the world's going to go down the toilet, we're going to have fun writing about it, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. 
Next topic. We got a bunch to choose from. What's next? Are you asking me? Yeah, man. The uh, the Ow. new Type R got debuted. The new what? Type R. Yeah. The new Honda Civic Type R. Everybody online seems to be really, really, really all about it. To me, it looks like they just settled down the whole car so it doesn't look nearly as gnarly as the previous generation, but they gave it a more gnarly wing. Um, I'm very biased because I have the last generation Civic Type R, and I think mine kicks ass, and I think this one kind of kicks rocks. <laughs> uh, yeah. <clears throat> I I mean look if we're being totally honest I don't have enough care not as much as I should I mean look it's it's a blob <clears throat> I think that in person it'll 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 be kind of cool right like when you get the thing lowered and and get the right fitting wheels and and you get some like two I think they said it'll take 285 you know tires on it so when you get it sitting right, you get it kind of prepped, it's going to be cool. But at the end of the day, it could have been cooler if they would stop making four-door blobs. And, you know, I, like. I do I, think, I, I, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, I do think the interior is gnarly. And I think the front end, like, if you use that, this interior and this front end, but made it a two-door car, this should have been the Integra that was whatever that, that thing was that they debuted a couple months ago. That should have been scrapped. This, a two-door version of this, should have been the Integra. Well, and that's the thing. Like, hot hatches <clears throat> worked in previous decades because the hatches were small and and kind of just ger generic enough to be a blank canvas, but they were small and they were interesting and they were kind of simple. And so a hot hatch, you took the small and simple and you put it on steroids and it was like, whoa, this is cool. But now we call the new Type R a hot hatch, but like, is it? It's as big as an Accord was. When I think hot hatch, I think small, like I would, I would, argue that the fiesta is a true like hot hatch the fiesta st this is a hell of a car i'm sure because you know i owned your car for six months before we had to give it away before you got it back and like we we both spent a lot of time in this thing uh type r's are phenomenal like they are really 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 good cars mm -hmm. uh for some reason in the present day they're lacking in energy and i can't explain it and i'm not trying to be negative because they are really good and i think that the energy is there, but people just don't. The people that are buying them are trying to be the mature tuners or something. There's something going on. To See, I don't think that's true. I think that's what Honda thinks is going on. I think that people like me and like you buy the Type R because it looks gnarly and because it is a track monster and because we want something that's fun to drive on the street and hell on the track. You can go out there and run down Vipers if you want to. When they go out of their way to make it more subtle and more of a grown-up car, this is the type of thing that kills a Type R. Because now people like me who loved that gnarly on-the-edge styling look at this and go, 
it's, it's just not what it was. Like an like an EF, right? An EF hatch begged for a Type R model. They've strayed so far from like what the EF hatch was with the modern day Civic that when they bring the Type R out, I mean, you know, you're not taking interesting soulful bones and making a Type R out of it. You're taking another blobby four-door hatchy sedan-y thing. You can't even really tell what it is if you're not paying attention. Um, and then they're, you know, they're putting flares on it and, and, and you know, a wing and a front bumper and we're supposed to get excited about it. And I mean, I am, because again, it's a great car, but like, there's only so much you can do with the modern day four-door blobs. Now, I know because we review new cars that a lot of times with these modern blob sedan-y things, like I will be taking a picture of it and you're looking at it and you're like, okay, it looks kind of cool from this angle, I guess. And you can take the picture and you look in the camera and you're like, this looks like shit. And then you do it again. And for some reason, what you're seeing with your eyes does not, because there's such a lack of shape in these new cars, the cameras don't get it. So it is hard to pass judgment when we haven't seen the car yet. I do think that in person, the car is going to have like a like a flex, a presence about it. You know what I mean? That's just not working in the photos quite yet. Um, the photo I posted online, that rear angle, like it looks kind of cool from that rear angle. From the side, it is all jacked up. I can't, I don't like what Honda's doing from their side profiles with any of their, their cars these days. I hope that you're right because, like, you look at the last gen Type R and it has very distinct, very crisp lines on that car and it looks muscular and mean. And at least what I'm seeing in these, this, these pictures, it doesn't. It looks like an accountant's car. But that's because, and you guys let me know if I'm wrong, on, on the FK, your Type R, the, the wide body was stuck on. Right. Like it, it's there's a there's, I mean, your front fender is different, but like your rear is a piece that is put on to flare it out to fit the tire. This, I believe they have flared the quarter panels, you know, in the in the metal, in the design. So it's not having that chunky, badass look to it. But I think in person, it might be really impressive. I think that debuting the white one that we're all seeing. White hides the curves, you know what I mean? White, the white's distorting all that out. I think, you know, I know they don't do them in silver, but like silver would be a better color to look at this car to see what's going on. Because um, mm -hmm. it is hard to tell where the flares are and where the hips are when you're just looking at a white car. Um, I, you know, I mean, <clears throat> it's gonna be, it's gonna be rad. Thing is, is it rad enough? Am I just so jaded? Maybe that's it. I mean, can I, you know, like, do I get excited enough about that to drop? I mean, what do you think they're going to be? They're, 50. They're still marking up the old ones. Like, like they're still trying to get dealer markups on, on the old model. So you just, God, I mean, like, yeah, the new ones are going to be 50 grand. And there's a lot that you can do with 50 grand in the real world. Dude, it's funny. I, I was looking for them the other day, just kind of checking around to see what prices were. Like literally used ones now are anywhere from forty-five to fifty-five thousand dollars. It is 
absurd. We bought that one for just a hair over 30. Like 36. Was it? I wonder if this new one is going to make yours finally drop, your generation, or if the fact that your generation is kind of holding value due to the fact that one, it's a type R and two inflation, will this come in at an even higher? MSRP doesn't mean shit anymore. Like it has become just a, a a mockery, dude. Like the the world the world has always been about supply and demand, but it seems like ever since ever since NFTs and cryptocurrency has been involved, and now everybody with a bank account can like trade and mess around with it. Everybody finally goes, oh. I now know what supply and demand means. So now that's what everybody, everything is run on. Like the, the chip shortages and just like, like everything is, is so rare and in short supply and it's all bullshit. Um, I mean, some of it's real. Like I, I do know that the, the chip shortages is, but God, man, everything is promoted as like, oh, you can't get them anymore, or there's not going to be any, and it's short supply, so everything's just through the freaking roof. I mean, it's 100% a seller's market, and I, I don't know what we're going to have to do to change that, because it's a mentality thing at this point. I mean, the market has turned. Like, the market has absolutely turned, but because they're saying everything is in short supply, the price stays high. I think that Corona has made the world somehow tolerate shit that we would have never tolerated pre-Corona. Like the excuse is just, it, it, at some point it's like, okay, like that excuse isn't going to fly for the whole decade. You know what I mean? Um, just to give an example of just the idiocracy that's going on, like, I have a friend at a Ford dealership. Somebody ordered a new Bronco, um, you know, two years ago or whatever it was. The Bronco finally came in. The guy came to pick it up and was like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm taking this thing straight to CarMax and I'm going to flip it. And the dealership said, don't do that. We'll buy it from you right now for $5,000 more than you paid for it. And then they turn around and put another 5000 So they marked it up $10,000 from what... The dude bought it from. So, you know, it's a $70,000 Bronco, but it's not a $70,000 Bronco. It's not. And as a matter of fact, they just launched an investigation into the Bronco because these things have got like a, a giant problem now that's emerging where the 2.7s are grenading themselves at highway speeds and, and it's become a danger. So now they're having to investigate and get involved with this stuff. So like, the cars have problems and the dealerships are still doing $10,000 markups on them. That's not logical. This, this the, fact is, the, fact the dealerships can only make money off of what they can physically sell and get out the door. It's great to take orders on something, but like you said, you take an order on something and then two years later, you get the money, the sales guy, who sold that car is probably no longer with the dealership, probably not even a car salesman anymore. I mean, you have to sell what you have. And when stuff is in short supply, you have to get top dollar for it. That just is what it is. And the fact is, you say it's not a $70,000 vehicle. Um, yes, it is. Because the price of a good or service is worth what someone is willing to pay for it. And as long as some jackhole is willing to pay 70 grand for that vehicle, guess what the price is? 70 grand. Yeah. 
So then we just have, we, we just got to start chaining these people down. Saying, <laughs> no, you are an asshole and you're ruining it for everybody. We have got to hold the line here. This is freaking ridiculous. It's but true. anyway, to get back on topic, the type R, I just had a question when you were, or, or a thought when you were talking about that. Um, you know, if the world is somewhat normal, pretty soon we're going to have the new Type R coming out and the GR Corolla. Which one do you choose? I mean, I'm going to go R just because I love mine. And I'm yeah. sure the Honda engineers probably did an even better job with that one. I mean, it's it's a track monster, man. The car is so good. But that GR Corolla looks like a hell of a lot of fun. And Toyota, they don't they don't screw up very often. They they make pretty awesome stuff. I don't know. I, I like Toyota's I like Toyota's energy. The R will be bigger, you know. So if you're trying to put kids in the back seat, that that's a concern. And okay. and the R is, guys, a phenomenal like weekend track car. Yeah, yours is you know the FK has got some like cooling issues that you might need to sort out when you first get the car. But as far as like being completely forgiving, being predictable, but still fun as hell. You know what I mean? And like, and and seriously potent, man. The thing will keep up with quote faster, better cars, and it'll do it all day long. Everything on the Type R is so dialed in. And again, I'm talking about the current one, and we can only assume the new one's going to be a tweaked out version of the current one. I mean, the steering racks that they use on those cars, nobody talks about this, but the steering rack changes based on speed. So you can be ripping up the interstate at 90 miles an hour, and that thing feels like it is just on rails, man. It is the best feeling car. The brakes are phenomenal. Everything about the car is so good. Just the way the engine revs up is amazing. Boost comes on fast and hard and and you know with a couple aftermarket modifications you're at what you aren't you nearing like 400 wheel now yeah i'm just under 400 wheel on a stock turbo like for a while that barrier was like 360 and now it's kind of been pushed up uh real close to 400 um it's just an amazing car man and when i was driving it you know for those six months i'd start to miss my fiesta and you get in the fiesta and that just lets you know how actually freaking good the type r is because the fiesta is a lot of fun it's got a lot of spirit it's got a lot of fight in it but like it is nowhere near as good of a car i had a raccoon run out in front of me and i was like oh you about to die <laughs> like I, I stabbed the brakes thinking i was in the type r and it just ain't there you know like it's just yeah. the type r is so good i just i you know i i, I wish it was I wish it had more attitude, but that is something that Honda's never really put into the cars. That is something that the Honda nation has brought out of the cars. You know, so that's not on Honda. I, like, I mean, if you look at the history of whatever, Honda hatchbacks or Type Rs, they were always super simple cars, almost to the point of, you could argue, disappointing because they're kind of plain vanilla. You know what I mean? Like you look at them and you're like, well, it doesn't even have, it's just kind of plain, but like, it's a canvas. It's got a lot, you know, like it's fun to drive and it's well-prepared and then it's a canvas and you start doing things and all of a sudden you're like, God dang, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a gladiator. You look at a stock gladiator and you're like, that is dog shit ugly. 
And then you lift it and put 37s on it. You're like, that is badass. How'd you do that? Like, it's just, you know, like they come alive so fast. I guess my problem is I just wish the Tuner Nation would be like super ballsy again and do fun things. Because the Type R's that I see, you know, these dudes are like kind of like being little weenies and they always just got the windows up and they're not paying attention to the cars around them. You know what I mean? Like, I wish some of that would come back. But that's not Honda. Honda's still giving us the foundation here. It's, it's you know, who buys it and what we do with it and the attitude that we put into it. Wait, wait till they get a little bit less expensive and the 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 riffraff start buying them up. Then you'll get what you want. That's when it gets fun. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. Speaking of badass cars that are coming out, Ford. We're actually not going to shit on Ford here. They dropped the new Raptor R, and that thing looks freaking gnarly. Yeah, that was another one of those articles I wrote, and I swear I don't think I was drinking. Maybe I was. But like, it's so short, I can kind of just read it. It says, dang, Ford's, dropped, or Ford's balls dropped for a minute today, and somebody over there slipped this one in amongst all the Mach-E's, EV's, and recalls. <laughs> or maybe they just remembered what it is to be American as fuck. Uh, introducing the 2023 uh, Ford Raptor R with a supercharged 5.2, making 700 horsepower. God bless America. Um, yeah, here's to hoping we can actually buy it in 2023 without a 100% markup. Um, yeah. But, yeah, more of that, please, Ford. Like, dude, okay, what? Well, it's Jim Farley, right? The CEO yeah. of Ford. The guy, I actually really like him. I really enjoy reading all the Ford recalls and stuff because he's funny. Like, he's an open book. Like, he's going to say what is on his mind when it's on his mind. He talks to media and he talks to the press as if they're his buddies at a bar. Um, I mean, there was something, there's that recall in the Bronco. That's what I was reading about today. And basically, this isn't his quote, but in a nutshell, he was like, yeah, it's just not good. We really have got to figure this stuff out. <laughs> and, and I don't, I mean, I, look, Bronco aside, I written an article a year ago that said, look, this Bronco is going to have problems. It's a, it's got a lot of new stuff going on and, and, and like, it's a really cool car, but part of being the first ones to own it and support it is going to be that there's going to be problems. That's fine. And then on top of that, you take the state of the world being dog shit and, and, People are have to compromise on parts and metals and where they're sourcing their products from. Everything that used to be is now not. So in order to try and get engine parts, maybe they had to make a couple decisions that they didn't really want to make, but they had to get the products. Now it's failing and it's causing recalls. But anyway, um, that all goes back to saying, God, just let's just imagine for a second that Jim Farley came out and said, you know what? Like we tried the EV thing. It's a freaking train wreck. Have you guys seen the Maki? Like, we are sorry. <laughs> you know? So we're gonna back up on this thing for a minute and and we're just gonna make supercharged V8s and, <laughs> and cross our fingers that the world comes to their senses, or I don't know, I, something happens in the next four years and, and we don't have to deal with all this bullshit anymore. But um yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's kind of a curveball because all they're talking about is EV is the future. EV is the future. Check out this 5.2 liter supercharged <laughs> VA truck. 
And then uh, right back to Eden's uh, Yeah. So, I mean, hell yes, more of this, please. And that's that's what's so frustrating about Ford is they can get it so right. Like they, I mean, throughout history, throughout the last 60 years, like when they get it right, when they get freaking, you know, on the same plane and the same wavelength, they can do insanely cool shit. And then they always just trip on their own shoe and screw it up. I mean, we see it all the time, you know, like when they start firing on all cylinders, they, they do like industry leading stuff. And then they go, ah, we're not going to do that anymore. It's like, what the yeah. hell, man? I am afraid that this truck is going to be too fast, too powerful. And people... Too expensive. And too expensive. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of people crashing them the same way they do, they do Mustangs all the time. I do think that's going to happen. I do like the fact that Ford finally has um, a response for the TRX. Yeah. Because like that, that, that last generation of Raptor was great. I absolutely loved it. Um, I even like the power band of the uh, the twin turbo V6 a lot, but the sound was horrible. I mean, that, that exhaust was just so weenie. I, I hated it. Uh, it. It made me want to drive with the windows up so I could not hear the exhaust. This is going to be, this is going to be like driving my, my supercharged Mustang. It's going to be the same thing, except we're in a big gnarly truck. Yeah, it's badass. I was talking to a buddy that works at Ford though. And he was like, dude, I mean, realistically, these things are going to be $110,000 before our markup. You know, he's like, because you know that's coming. And I was like, God dang it. Like, and he's like, but dude, I've already had like three people that are like, I'm in. I want one. When are you going to get one? How do I get one? He's like, I don't. Like, what? Like, what are they doing <laughs> that I'm not doing? We're doing something real wrong. And, and he was like, I know, dude. He's like, I feel like I'm selling exotic cars these days because everything is like hard to get and super expensive, but it's an F-150, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be kick-ass. Um, yeah. I just wish the price was a little bit, you know, more attainable <laughs> for the average show guys. Um, yeah. Me and you glad they're making it. Yeah. Me and you were just going to have to sit around and wait for the wrecked ones. Pretty much. <laughs> Although they never go down. I'm like, surely by now I can get a first gen. Oh, no, nope, $40,000 and 140,000 miles. That doesn't make a lot of sense. I don't know if it's still the case, but a couple of years ago when I was really, really into the Raptors, the first generation Raptors was the, uh, they held their value better than any other vehicle on the market. And it looks like that's. Well, the first generation is what the people want. You know, I had a big V8. Um, they also, I mean, don't quote me, they didn't make many of them. And then the second generation, they were like, let's make these like a pretty regular production car. People like mm -hmm. them. Um, so, I mean, you get a lot of like the enthusiast dudes. They like the first gens. They're going to love this one. You know, this is going to be the one. Um, so, hey, you know, like I said, just to say it again, kudos to Ford in the midst of all of this EV fog that we're going through and EV pressure, they still pulled one off here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Last topic I really see worth talking about. You've been getting a lot of hell from, uh, from a lot of the pro EV people about 
the the stuff going on in Texas recently. I love it. <laughs> Seeing you getting frustrated as hell responding to those comments. Yes. <clears throat> I think, seriously, I think half of the Tesla drivers are not real. I think that they are simulations. <laughs> I think, pay attention, guys. Pay attention when you pass them on two-lane roads. They're not fucking real. I think they're holograms because they all have perfect posture. Windows are always up, both hands on the steering wheel at like 10 and 2. And they're looking. Yeah, I wish you, I don't know if you guys can see us, but they're like this. And that's just, I, so I don't think Tesla, all their drivers are actually real people. And I'll go on the record saying that. And I also think that um, the EV nuts out there are also not real people. I swear to God, it's some sort of artificial intelligence or some sort of administration government agency that is sending little people out that live in their parents' basement and saying, here are your responses to um, you know anti-EV stuff that you see. And I have even seen stuff online. I don't think that the EV media companies are real. There's one called Inside EVs. I think they're real. But then there's like a, a, a Tesla Roddy or an electric, they're bullshit media companies. They're automotive journalists that know jack shit about cars. Mm -hmm. And I swear to God, I think they're put together by the government to push the EV propaganda. They literally make articles that say, hey, here is what you say when your less enlightened friends start criticizing EVs or talking about how it's probably not going to pan out. And they give you a little list of talking. It's literally indoctrination just right there in front of you. It's plain as day. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, we pissed off some EV nuts. Um, and, and the reason is Texas is asking their EV or I'm sorry, Tesla is asking their vehicle owners in Texas to not charge during peak hours. And, you know, the EV nut swingers response is like, well, yeah, but the grid is shit in Texas or the grid is shit in Texas anyway. And it's like, exactly. The grid <laughs> is shit. It's not ready, which is what we're always saying. You guys are selling like 6% of the overall cars and it's a problem. Now, imagine if this was 25%. Imagine if it was 45%, 65%, 85%. This is a colossal problem. It, you know, if we introduced it naturally, the the grid, whatever, the technology would grow with the car sales and it would be okay. But when you just all of a sudden rush all this stuff to market, you're going to have major problems. They don't seem to understand that. Um, and and that's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell them. Another thing that bothers me personally with this is um, your Tesla is putting a message on your infotainment screen that goes, hey, don't use or charge the car really exactly anytime you want to. There's some guidelines here. That would just piss me off. I don't want my car to tell me anything. You know what I mean? Like maybe, maybe if my tire pressure is low, but I don't even like that shit. And I damn sure don't want it to come on and say, good morning, don't charge your car today between three and eight or, you know, or, hey, by the way, there was like uh, you charge your car a lot this month. So we went ahead and, and dialed that back. So we only trickle charged it last night. So you don't really have all your charge. But um, uh, we just sent you this notification like that. That's all horse shit to me. Um, and it should be mm -hmm. horse shit to everybody. But for some reason, some people really love technology so much that they want to be enslaved to it. And and that's just not. 
not me whatsoever. Another thing that kind of bugs me is who made the call to send the message to the Tesla infotainment screens? Somebody said, okay, send a message to all these people. Who? Was it Elon Musk? Was it somebody telling Elon Musk? Like, I mean, you know, like, it's a valid question. Like, who made the call that the grid is being overrun and that the Tesla owners should not charge during peak hours? That's important to me. Because when you, you know, and I can sound like a conspiracy theorist, but literally I'm just a dude thinking with my own thoughts. When you give so much control to your car, they can literally shut it down. So they can they can decide, no, you're not gonna charge it now. We asked you, you did it anyway. Now mm -hmm. we're gonna go ahead and say no. You know, you get three hours of charging a day from this time to this time. You know, like there's a, it's just, the point I was trying to make in the article was that every time you make a purchase, you're casting a, vo a vote on how you want the world to be. And the technology that you might think is really cool now could be used to make your life really hell later. <clears throat> and you gotta be able, you just gotta be smart enough to think about that kind of stuff. I'm not saying, you know, don't buy into some of the hype. I'm not saying be a conspiracy theorist, like you do you, but like, at least be smart enough to think, wow, like how much control are we willing to give to the cars? Yeah, some people are willing to give it all. And that's a really scary thing. Um, which kind of goes into another thing that I talked about the other day. Uh, very similar. The EU is, uh, <laughs> they're moving towards basically banning speeding in new vehicles starting in it's either 2023 or 2024. Um, yeah, they're, they're basically, I mean, they're not quite to the tattletale boxes yet that we've kind of talked about in the past, but they're going to do ridiculous things to stop people and deter people from speeding in their big expensive investment. Uh, can we first of all just say speed limits are too damn low? If you guys are going to do stuff like that and you want to keep me under the speed limit, can we raise the speed limit? Because I mean, <laughs> how, how long has it been since the speed limits have been raised? And since then, how much safer and how much faster are the freaking cars? I mean, let's, let's talk about EVs really quick. EV will, will break uh, a 60 mile an hour speed limit in three seconds. You know, you, you can't make these cars stay under the, these ridiculously low speed limits. But so many people in the comment sections are just freaking, I don't know how else to say it. It's a little bit strange, but they're, they're cucks for EV, man. They just absolutely want to be dominated and controlled by their vehicles and whoever's pushing the buttons and it's ridiculous but yeah so I'm the eu doing this i mean they are they are so there, there's four things that the manufacturers are allowed to pick from um they can have the car ding at you whenever you uh you go over the speed limit they can have it vibrate the steering wheel and the driver's seat which is super freaking distracting or they can cut power to the pedal the accelerator pedal or they will actually push against your foot on the accelerator pedal to keep you from speeding that's the four choices that automotive manufacturers have and some people are super excited about it i mean i i literally could not believe some of the comments that these people were just totally 
willing to let this kind of stuff happen. I'm, I'm going to try to find some of them right now because it was just absolutely insane that that some people have this mentality. Um, I got to find it. Yeah, I don't get it. There seems to be the people that love it, that just cannot get enough of Big Brother. Then there seems to be the people that just kind of push off the facts that are in front of their face. The guys that are like, yeah, but you'll be able to just tune that out. I don't see why it's a big deal. And so everything that happens, well, it's not a big deal because, and it's like, no, it is a big deal because they're overreaching, right? Like, I don't care if I can tune it out. That is a blatant overreach. And when you start allowing that kind of stuff, where does it end? It doesn't end. And, and another thing, while you're looking that up, I don't know if you found it yet. Yeah. Have you noticed that the pro, the, the EV activists, they don't have a fucking argument. And I think it's because they don't know about cars. They, yeah. they you know, they, they jumped into, they're, they're techie guys or people or whatever. I don't know. But they're bullies. And I don't know what the word for that is. I'm sure there is one because it's like a nerd bully. You know what I mean? So whenever you start talking anti-EV, they start slamming you. Like they start personally slamming you for being yeah. a Neanderthal or whatever their little words are. And and uh, the irritating thing is they're just not thinking for themselves. You know what I mean? Be pro-EV. Fuck yeah, support the technology if that's what you want to do. But like, if you don't know shit about cars, I'm probably not really going to listen to what you're saying too much. It's just, it, it's it's weird. It is it is a wild phenomenon. I've never seen anything like that. Like, you just can't have a discussion with those people, you know? And it's because they don't have facts, because they don't know. They just go, no, EV is the future, and if you don't agree, then you're just a Neanderthal. You're a knuckle-dragger. And it's just like, really? Dude, yeah. like, let's just try and think, like, 10 steps ahead. Let's just think five years ahead to what, no. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like you need to be on board. It's like, God dang. There are people literally freaking cutting tires of SUVs right now. I don't know if you saw that. Like, yeah. like this is a movement that they are being bold about. They're just going to deflate slash cut your tires if you're driving a car that they don't think is appropriate. Like, yeah. try. <laughs> by the way, but I, I did read that article. If anybody listening to this podcast, first of all, if you've made it this far in, Thank you. That's awesome. Second of all, if you're one of the people who's thinking about doing this, I I get where you're coming from. You're passionate about something. Do not go around deflating and slashing people's tires. Somebody's going to get hurt. It's going to end up on the news and it's going to be really ugly. Please don't do this. Like, like seriously, please don't do this. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's just completely wild, dude. Um, so yeah, I don't know, you know, the, the thing in Texas to me, it is, is it a big deal? Not really. I mean, people say, well, Texas wanted to be independent in their energy and this is what they get fine, but it is a foreshadowing of the kind of problems that we're going to continue to see on more massive scales. If we keep rushing stuff to market again, I am against EVs cause I think they're fucking lame, but like, I'm not against you guys having an EV, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not against the movement. I just, I personally don't like them, but I am mature enough to put that aside and say, fine, but like, we need to to pay attention to the path that we're going down. Like, that's it. We just need 
to tread carefully and pay attention. And what we probably don't need to do is give up everything that we've been doing with internal combustion to make it better over the last century. You don't do that. That's just nonsense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, 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 just take all the political crap or any of the environmental crap or any anything. It's just not a good plan in any world. Like, as a business, it's not a good plan. As a, as a country, it's not a good plan. You got to kind of ease into this stuff. And I know if you don't eventually have a movement, it'll never really happen. You know why? Because it's not what most Americans want. <laughs> like, if Americans wanted it, it would happen. And you wouldn't have to have all this discussion. But, um... I'm, I'm not even against a little bit of forcing it, if that's what they want to do. What I am against is you forcing me to do it. Yeah. You know? And that, that's, where, that's where we start to butt heads. So, I don't know, man. Um, it's just kind of interesting that we're already having problems, yet we're full steam ahead on this stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've made it abundantly clear that this is the route they're going. We know damn good and well, anytime you've got new engineering, new technology, there's always a lot of problems. This is a big change. Anybody who's saying that this is a small change is very undereducated when it comes to automobiles. Um, this is a massive change. There's gonna be a lot of problems. I'll tell you what, EV might be the future. I won't be buying one anytime soon no matter how expensive gas gets if for nothing else the fact that these first gener first and second generation cars are going to be riddled with problems i mean they're going to have so many issues we're so far from getting this right the closest person is by far elon musk he's got basically a decade head start on everybody else and even he doesn't have it perfected yet. And on top of that, the United States government is kind of shunning him because of stupid freaking political beliefs. Um, so it's there's weird shit happening right That's now. That's the thing, dude. We're not we're not moving forward as Americans. They're they're making this political. Um, and anytime you have some big like whatever change in direction movement, whatever you want to call it, like. There are people that are going to profit from it. And you got to wonder, why is the government pushing it so hard? Oh, because their buddies are going to be the ones that build the grid. And they're going to get, yep, big old freaking kickbacks. And everybody's going to profit. And mm -hmm. that's, what it, that's what frustrates me about people that don't question the government or question anything that's happening. Oh, no, it's the future because, you know, this media company online said it is. Um yeah. It's just, it's, it's freaking stupid. Um, and the other thing you're talking about, these, these first generation, I guess it's not first generation, but this era of EVs are going to be worth jack crap mm -hmm. as technology progresses. So yeah. uh, that's the other frustrating thing is you take all of the, the BS that's kind of whatever, kind of infiltrated our minds now, and you just look at EVs and you go, it's not... Okay, gas is expensive. Yeah, I feel the price of gas. Yeah, it sucks. Okay, let's find a solution. It's not a $100,000 car. If you're buying a $100,000 car, you're not solving the problem of high gas. They're like, so what, what problem are we solving here? Okay, well, they're green. Are they? 
Like we, we, we don't really know that either. We do know that there's a lot of ugly shit going on. It's just going on overseas. Meanwhile, we're just making commercials talking about how green this stuff is. And, and you know, I, the government, the car companies, they just figure if they keep telling you new energy, green, electrified, and they just keep repeating that, eventually you'll go, okay, we'll do it. Um, I, I saw a study the other day where someone for the first time ever actually took into account the carbon footprint and, and all the emissions that go into building an EV in comparison to everything that goes into building a normal plain Jane everyday internal combustion engine vehicle, and then all the emissions that the internal combustion engine creates throughout its lifetime, right? And, and this was just an average, you know, of, of both is what they were going with. And they basically came up with the idea, not not the idea, but the numbers that in order for an EV to finally become a net positive uh, in terms of its carbon footprint and being green, it would have to drive for about 180,000 miles before it actually surpassed the gas powered vehicle in terms of being green. And that's that's ridiculous, man. I, I don't think that most of these vehicles are gonna make it that far, at least not the early ones. Let's just be real about this. It's not, EVs are a luxury item right now. Hmm. They're not a green item. Yeah, it's luxury people who are full of themselves and, and want to be green, you know, to the public or whatever. But like the cars, maybe they'll get cheaper. Maybe they won't. A lot of it depends on the batteries um, and, and what China does with that. I mean, the U.S. right now is desperately trying to figure out the battery situation. I think, was it GM? Somebody got a big-ass grant from the government just today. I need to go reading about that kind of stuff. I think it was yesterday. Um they're trying to control the minerals and the batteries because right now America is not in control. It's China. And therefore they're in control of the price. And a lot of the problem that we're having, a lot of the broken promises are coming from the fact that the batteries are going up by the month because China's just fucking with us at this point. Um, and, and the American car companies know that they don't want you guys to know it yet. And they're trying to react to it before it comes obvious public knowledge. Um, you know, but a lot of these guys are in a world of shit and it's driving up the prices. And so, you know, if green is what it's about, it seems like hybrids are a really good option because they don't use as much battery. A 7,000 pound or whatever it is, Hummer, is not a green option. It uses an absolute metric shit ton of battery. Like we're just going down the same road of overconsumption we're doing it with a green label though. It's it's kind of stupid. So hybrids are a good answer. You know what else is green? Buy a 10-year-old Corolla or a Honda Fit and drive it for the next 30 years. That would be a pretty small carbon footprint. But see, they don't want to do that because they want their luxury. They want the Tesla badge to show the world that they're green. And a Corolla doesn't do that. It's just a Corolla. Yeah. Um, another great option is to keep pursuing internal combustion and making it better. It's gotten a lot better and, you know, as time goes by and it will continue to get better if you don't push it out, if you let EV and internal combustion compete. 
Yeah, that's a really good point because I do feel like we were kind of starting to really hit, hit our stride in the golden era of automotive when it comes to internal combustion engines and finally getting good horsepower and torque numbers and good fuel economy by using forced induction. Everybody was starting to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, back in the day, it was all just uh, Japanese and Euro car companies that were doing it. And for you EV nerds, just having steam coming out of your ears right now, forced induction means turbocharged. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, continue. We, we were kind of hitting our stride with that, where we could take smaller motors and force more air into them to get more power, more performance, and still have really, really good gas mileage. Like, back in the day, if you wanted a fun American-made car, you pretty much went and got a gas-guzzling V8 Mustang or Camaro or Corvette or something like that, and you got your 12 miles per gallon, and you had your fun. But with the way that they're doing it now, like your Fiesta, that car probably gets like, what, 30, 35 miles per gallon? I mean, the Fiesta is a... a $20,000 new vehicle, 30 miles a gallon, 300 wheel horsepower with a tune, you know, like that is a pretty, relatively speaking, sustainable thing. It's a small footprint. It makes the best out of its power. It's mm -hmm. fun. It's light. It's easy on consumables like tires and brakes. It's easy on roads. It's easy on everything. You know what I mean? Like, is it perfect? Hell no, it's not. But, you know, like it's perfection is something you work towards. You don't just scrap everything and go, nah, perfection's over here now. Like that's just it's 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 asinine. Um that is the biggest problem is the the main people driving this ship, just driving it hoping that EV is the future. They don't know a whole lot about cars. I mean, flat out, they just don't. Most of them are politicians or really, really big computer tech people, and they just don't know about cars. They don't know what they don't know, but they are absolutely the ones. Well, that, that's the before. thing. They don't know about cars. They've never been the cool guys, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, they, <clears> they're just not. If we're Let's just stereotype for a second. Most of these guys don't know how to change a tire. They damn sure don't know how to change their oil. They don't know shit about cars. They've been often left behind by the people that do. They've been living in the shadows. They're kind of nerdy people, mostly. And so now they're in this really unique position that their little EV thing, which is more like an iPhone than a car, is all of a sudden faster than all the cars that all the car guys were building. So it's made their ego shoot to the freaking stratosphere and has put a set of balls on them for the first time in their life. And they're going online and, and they're getting arrogant. But the fact of the matter is the knowledge isn't there. You know what I mean? They just, it, it, you know, like I said a million times, EV may be the future. I hate, I hate the fact that the EV activists are making me dismiss it. They're turning me against it when really we as media should have open minds to this stuff. Again, on a personal level, I don't like it because it lacks spirit. It lacks a manual transmission. It lacks human engagement. I don't like that but we should still at least have an open mind to this stuff. And for, I know you and me, and then a lot of just, you know, our friends, our real friends, our Facebook and social media friends, car enthusiasts in general, are starting to really get pissed off by all this stuff because it's getting too forced. It's, it, it's getting too bullied and, and people are starting to not stand for it. And it, 
we're also because of it's gone political. I mean, can we just say that? I feel scared to even say political because God forbid, like you get political, but like this is the reality, dude. Like we have become so divided on everything. And a lot of it is the fault of social media and news media. And it's divided us to, to the point where we almost have parallel economies. It's like, it's yeah. like, you know, okay, so do you like Disney now or do you fucking hate Disney? Like, do you watch Disney movies or do you not watch Disney? Are you like for Ford or are you again? Ford's gonna have to make two lineups. It's gonna literally. I was reading something from the Mary Barra, whatever the CEO of GM, and normally I think she's a fruitcake, but she was making a lot of sense on this stuff, and she was saying we are just in a really difficult situation because we're trying to pursue EVs, but they are not the majority of our sales. We're, the EVs are popular on the coast, but the majority of our sales are coming from the heartland of America and these people that are buying trucks. You know, and if we can't get along on this. We're just hurting our own businesses and our own economies because we're forcing Ford and GM to make a line of cars for the people that hate EVs and the line of cars for the people that will only buy EVs. It's not, it's not going to be profitable for anybody. All it's going to do is raise the price of all of our vehicles. So, like, we got to get on the same page. We really do. Um, and, again, I think it goes back to pursue the technology but not at the expense of what we already have. Yeah, I agree. 100% agree. And, you know, and then there's the whole next thing. Like, it's all on how you interpret EV. So far, <clears throat> the American brands have interpreted EV as crossovers that totally disengage the driver. Um, a lot of the European luxury brands are interpreting EVs as this luxury thing with big, broad screens that connect the driver to the screens. But you know what I mean? It still kind of does everything for you. Then you have Hyundai. And Hyundai's like, oh, no, we're going to put the driver in this thing. We are going to make hot hatch EVs. We're going to make the future that you guys dreamt about. I think their quote was, we're going to make the future exciting again. And that was like a powerful quote because they understand what well, we understand that the future has lost an excitement. When we were kids, I mean, if you grew up in the 80s or 90s, like heading towards the turn of the century, like the future was going to be awesome. And it hasn't been, you know, like if you, if you like adrenaline, for example, like it, you know, if you like to drive, if you like excitement, if you like machines, if you like that kind of stuff, like the future is not really panning out for you. So, I mean, for Hyundai to be tapped into that and say, no, we're going to put the driver into EVs. Like, they're, they, <clears throat> EVs can be totally bitching. It's just not how anybody else is envisioning it, you know? Um, so, I don't know. I mean, that that's just exciting to me. That was the most exciting excitement that I've had in a long time with Hyundai. Yeah, that, that was an impressive uh, debut that they did there. That, uh, that I know. 74 is crazy. I get it. It's a concept. You know, it's not real, but it shows right where their head's at, dude. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's exciting. And that could turn the tides on a lot of stuff. I think that a lot of the car enthusiasts right now, we're just bummed. We're just bummed out because these cars aren't exciting and they're forcing it, you know, and it's just not a good 
feeling? Making me think I just need to keep my current lineup of vehicles forever and I'm never going to get anything new because what's the point, you know? Yeah, for the first time in my life, and I'm always looking at cars at night. It's what I do. I look, you know, at cars that are on sale, new cars, old cars, cheap cars, expensive cars, all of them. And for the first time in my life, I started to kind of mm, block out anything new. You know what I mean? Anything like pre like 2018 or I'm sorry, anything Mm -hmm. post 2018, I'm kind of like, no, I don't want that one. Like if I'm looking for like, let's just say a Chevy truck, I'm kind of looking like up till the new body style, even the Tundra up till the new body style. There's a lot of unknown, like these cars. I mean, I, I get to drive a lot of new cars and they're not all like this, but there's definitely been a noticeable trend in the last four years or so where like they're just always beeping at you dude they're always just doing dumb shit they're turning off at red lights and i mean dude it's bad like it's frustrating as a driver you know in mazdas like you you park the car and it's an automatic so like why does it even have a parking brake so you put the car in gear you obviously don't hit the parking brake but then the car does like when you leave it it puts it on. And then it's not smart enough to turn it off when you get back in it. So then you hit reverse and it goes, <laughs> it doesn't go. And every time you're like, God dang it. Like, why are you, the cars are just getting stupid. Why would I want to pay for that? I don't want, they're getting stupid and expensive. I'm not going to pay more to get pissed off. Like I just, it goes back to the Tesla thing. I don't want my car messaging me. Like I don't want it to have, I want my car to be my car. I want to be the driver and I want the car to be the car. I don't want the car to be the driver. I agree. The, 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 these, these driver assist features are the most annoying freaking things in the world. Like lane assist. I can't stand that shit, man. I can't turn it off fast enough when I get into a new car. Otherwise, it just pings, ping pongs you back and forth in the lane. It beeps at you every time you're you're in reverse and you're within 20 feet of anything. I mean, it, they're they're just so annoying. I can't stand. I it. don't know how people tolerate it. Like when I get a press car, that stupid ass lane keep assist is always on, and it's always hard to find. It's different models, and, and I can't. And the second, I mean, I know Killboy would come unglued at this. I crossed the lines. You know, like I crossed the lines. I'm American. I have eyes. I know if a car is coming or not. And so I live on country roads and I cross lines all the time and I just kind of drive. Right. And the thing is always, you know, and it's vibrating and pulling me back. And I, my wife gets mad at me because I'm coming unglued. I'm losing my shit because I'm like this stupid ass car. I can't figure out how to turn this off. She's like, you need to calm down. I'm like, no, I don't need to calm down. This is dumb. This is the proper response to dumbness. I'm mad because I'm smart and it's dumb. You know, like I get all irritated about it. It's just, it's stupid. How have we gotten to this point? Yeah. We need to go back to Darwinism and survival of the fittest. These cars are doing the world a disservice because it's letting the population get out of control. You got to let people who don't pay attention to the road die sometimes yeah i'm being a little bit tongue-in-cheek right now but let's face it Ugh. our issue it's not it's, emissions it's overpopulation it's Come not on, it's, let it happen let it happen <laughs> it's not just cars we are catering to the lowest common denominator yeah. and it's because we're so pampered in life that we've gotten to that point to now we're just trying to cater to everybody the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is 
we do have a population problem and that is why this stuff is going this way because we can't all be driving on the roads there's just too much population but the fact of the matter is we don't all need to be driving i mean there the government's the first one to tell you that driving is a privilege uh so you should you should be prepared for it you should learn how to drive yeah um and for every stupid ass little feature that a car a car manufacturer comes out with to try and protect you from yourself it just gives people that much more leeway to not pay attention and to not be skilled and to not know what the hell they're doing. Mm -hmm. Speed yeah. is not speed is not the danger. You know, so many people think speed is the danger. Speed is not the danger. Like it's, it's just, you got to know how to drive. Like mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's just the basics of it. But we're never going to get back to that. I mean, it's very evident the path that we're going here is just to protect everybody. So I, I, I don't know. I, 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 and again, I don't really care what other people do. It's just that now I'm feeling the pressure that they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to come after us. They're mm -hmm. going to come after us. Like you are not going to be free in this country to drive your own car, the car that you want to drive, the car that you purchased. You know, they're going to start saying, uh-uh, no. You know, I, I know you, you've had that CRX for 20 years or whatever, but like, you know, they're just going to tax it to death or I don't know what they're going to do. But like, I feel the pressure that they're coming after it, man. Automotive enthusiasts are absolutely the new villains. We absolutely have the target painted on our backs now. We're the Neanderthals, the knuckle, the knuckle draggers. We're the bad guys. Um, just like, you know, uh, you just see it happen all the time. We are the ones. They're trying to shut down racetracks. I mean, everything that they're trying to do. They're trying to make it to where you can't take a you can't take a a, a vehicle that you buy at a dealership and um, modify it and turn it into a race car. They're trying to literally make that illegal. Why? What's the point? Why? Why? Why take that that right and that joy, that fun away from me? Like. Are we are we seriously just going to kill all the fun in the world because it's bad for something? Everything's bad for something. Oh, don't eat that. It gives you cancer. Everything gives you cancer. OK. Yeah. It's just so frustrating, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, literally, they've they've made movies about this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can think of iRobot right off the top of my head where they end up going, you can't leave the house because it's mm -hmm. for your safety you know it's just yeah. like guys but mm, yeah i don't know whatever um you know good one if you guys haven't watched that go watch idiocracy what's the one with sylvester stallone uh, man i know most of y'all hadn't seen that um that's like a 1991 movie but damn it's good um <laughs> Yeah, it's just a badass movie, dude. It's like Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone, and it's kick-ass. And I remember that's when, um, I guess that movie came out in 91 or 92, but the new Camaro came out in 93, and they were using the Camaro. They put, like, some body molding on it to make it more future or whatever. Um, and, and I'm surprised at how many people haven't seen that movie. I, I think I have like a deficit in my brain to where I think everybody has had the experiences that I have. 
And so that they've come up on the same badass shit that I've come up on. And so clearly, you know, like we're, we have an understanding. And then I realized that no, a lot of these young kids don't know what the fuck Back to the Future is. I made a Back to the Future reference to our server at Amici and she looked at me and just kind of blanked. And I was like, no, no, have you not seen Back to the Future? And she was like, I'm 17. <laughs> and I was like, I don't care. Like, that just doesn't, what? Like, everybody, you know, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Watch Demolition Man, watch Wally, watch iRobot. What's the other one? Uh, Idiocracy. Oh, yeah. All these movies were pure entertainment when they came out. Now you're like, oh. <laughs> it's free. You guys are doing it. We're going there. Yeah. Yep. Um, so anyway, I guess that's, that's all we got. Is that all we got? There's a lot, man. We've talked for about an hour and 10 minutes. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. This is a long one. Jesus. Why yeah. did you do that? My bad. I think it was mostly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was a good one, man. I enjoyed the hell out of this. Guys, if you've made it this far, as always, thank you for watching. Uh, all these articles that we talked about, we put them up on our social media. More importantly, we put them on our website. And like we said earlier, we are coming out with the app here in the next couple of weeks. Everything that we produce, any piece of content is all going to be housed right there. So if you're a fan of S3 and the stuff that we talk about, or if you hate us and you want to come in there and make your voice heard, you're welcome. Come on in. I'll argue with you until you finally admit that you're wrong. Anyway, everybody, have a good night. We'll see you. There you go.